Good morning, everybody. Today we'll be learning Daf Chaf in Maseches Rosh Hashanah. I feel like making a Shechianu v'Kimanu v'Higianu Lazman Hazeh. Zman being the operative word, because by the end of today, you will not only not know what day of the month it is, you won't know what day it is altogether. It is fascinating. The Zman, the concept of Zman, featured in today's Daf. Today's Daf is the source. This is Ahmed Bey's. Dr. Kelman came over to me last night, Shlita, the uh, genius from Shomre, and he ran over to me after Mincha. He's like, good luck tomorrow. It's hard daf. Uh, Ahmed Bez, I was like, dude, I've been all over this daf for literally since 2003 when I asked Rabbi Jonas and Sachs, Shlita, whether I could go take the boards on Erev Shabbos in Hawaii, the orthodontic boards, and he told me no because in Judaism that day is Shabbos. Potentially. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, what are you talking about? So we will get into that Bezrat Hashem. But I would be remiss if I didn't mention, Andrew, today is the second Yortzite for Rav Chaim Zev Malinowitz at Sal. And so we have been learning Le'il and Nishmaso, how uh, interesting that this daf, which I discussed with him at great length, and he lent me this giant book, Agan Hasar, a massive volume um, from uh, that uh, the famous rabbi in Chicago, I keep saying Wasserman. I forgot um, who 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 was uh, anyway uh, early in the 1960s. I think he wrote the Big Safer. There's far him written about the international dateline, um, and he lent me his. And anyways, we we had a we had a nice discussion. He holds like the Chazonish. I'll give it away. Uh, he held like the Chazonish, but we will get to it. Hopefully, we got to start first with when is. Rosh Chodesh. What we will learn, I'll say it quickly outside, you'll see, you know, Chazal were not only, okay, this is how you always thought, Andrew, and, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to straighten you out today, Baruch Hashem. You always thought, well, there is an objective Rosh Chodesh. Like, we know when, put it this way, there's a astronomical Rosh Chodesh that is the correct day, and when we say Chodesh Zalachem, is Hashem is giving us sort of like a license to be wrong every once in a while and to decide based on the Ria, the Bezdin gets to decide. Not unlike, let's say you have a, uh, a coin judging whether somebody has Tsaras. So the person may or may not have Tsaras and then the coin is, without the coin determining whether the lesion is there, there is no lesion there, right, of Tsaras. Similarly here, until the Bezdin declares Rosh Chodesh, there is no Rosh Chodesh, okay. Thing is, <clears throat> as we will see, we set the calendar. In other words, not only, okay, are we allowed to, so to speak, make mistakes and then whatever we paskin determines the halachic reality. It's not quite that. We're allowed to deliberately set the date on a day that we do or don't see the moon in order to set the calendar properly for Shabbos and Yontav, as we will see. For perhaps reasons as trivial as having crispy veggies for Shabbos and Yontiv. So it, we will see all of this in the Gemara. And so without further ado, five lines up from the bottom of Yotesim Beis. Shalchulei Lamar Okva. Adar Olam They made this sweeping statement that the other, whether it's a regular year or if it's a leap year, other Shani, the other that precedes Nisan always only has 29 days. Okay. So it's the Gemara. Master of Nachman. Well, we have the Mishnah, okay? And the Mishnah is going to be tomorrow's daf. And the Mishnah says 
that you can be Mechalal Shabbos on two of the 12 months' testimonies. In other words, when you send out the witnesses. On Nisan Val Tishrei, right? Those are like the south and the north pole of the year. Uh, we already had the Machlokas, Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua, and so when the world was created, like, those are the two months that precede the major holiday seasons, Pesach and, and Sukkot. Obviously, Shavuos is a major holiday also, but it's linked calendrically to Pesach, so it's not really in the same category. We are talking about Tishrei and Nisan being the main months, and those months you could be Bechal Shabbos. Says the Gemara. In other words, what's the kasha? We'll say it outside. There was a sweeping statement that Adar is always chaser. Well, if Adar is always chaser, so why do you have to send shlichim on Nisan, even at the peril of being Mechal Shabbos, to find out? Now, you may ask, as the Gemara will ask, why would you be Mechal Shabbos to find out when Rosh Chodesh is altogether? Like, Mechil Shabbos is a serious thing. So we'll, we'll see. But assuming you're willing to be Mechal Shabbos altogether to find out when Rosh Chodesh is, well, there's no reason to take that risk if you know for sure when Rosh Chodesh is. If it's always only 29. So that's what the Gemara says. That ah, if, if, if it's always, if it sometimes can be 29, sometimes 30, I can understand. However, as we arrive at Chafam Adalaf, if you always know when Rosh Chodesh is, why would you even take the risk of being Mechal Shabbos? Says the Gemara, Mishim, the mitzvah l'kadosh alariyah. Whoa. Okay. Because there's a mitzvah, as Rashi points out, alariyah, the second line, and chaf, api edim. In other words, ha-chodesh hazelachem. The first mitzvah in the Torah, right? And this, I always used to say, ah, oh, that's a, maybe the first mitzvah should be v'aftar l'recha kamocha, Something. No, the first mitzvah is a Chodesh Hazelachem. Because guess what, Andrew? If you don't know what day it is, you can't get off the ground. If you don't know, okay. So all of these Yom uh, Tovim and everything are predicated on what day it is. Okay, so Mitzvah L'Kadesh Alariya means that even though, this is fascinating, this is, implication is that even if you know when Rosh Chodesh is going to be, there's a separate mitzvah. And it's for that mitzvah that we're willing to be Mechal Shabbos, a big Chodesh indeed. Of course, the Gemara later is going to ask, if that's the case, then we sh- if you have to be Mekash Piriya, that should apply to every month, not just to re- uh, Tishrei and Nisan, but we'll get there. Okay. That was the first version of Nachman's statement, a proof to the fact that, uh, that other is always deficient. Now, uh, we have another version where, this is, where he brings it like as a proof. He first asked it as a kasha, Masiv of Nachman, in the Ikad Amri, he gives it as a, as a raya that it's always deficient. As follows. Ikad Amri, Amr of Nachman, not, not Masif of Nachman, but rather, we also learn uh, this idea that, it, that other is always chaser, because why? Because we say that Mechal Shabbos al Nisan Val Tishrei, if you're going to say that it's always chaser, that's why we're Mechal Shabbos. The mitzvah lekadesh al Right, so this Ika de Amri kind of includes the whole Shakavatari of the previous Gemara, where it says it's a mitzvah lekadosh alariya, but it's counterintuitive, Andrew, because again, which would you have said is more of a reason to be mechal Shabbos when you know for sure when the month is, or when Rosh Chodesh is, or if you don't know? So I would have said like the first lashon that if you don't know when Rosh Chodesh is, you have no choice but to send out the shlichim to aid him. 
right? To find not not, not the shlichim to announce it, but the edim to find out to do the kiddush hakodesh. But here it's saying the opposite might also be true, because we'll see. And this goes back to what we were saying before. If you don't know when Rosh Chodesh is, this is what we're about to say, then you can actually design it based on Rosh Chodesh falling out on the day that you prefer. Which is to say, if you could either do 29 and 30, and it turns out that if it, the, week, the month has 29 days, then the Adam have to go out on Shabbos, the Gemara is going to say, well, guess what? Then just make it 30 days to avoid Chil Shabbos. It'll be easier. It's only when it's Dafka 29 days and you're stuck and you have no other choice as to when to make the Rosh Chodesh, it's only then that you have to be Michal Shabbos because you have no choice, you have no other day to send it. Well, again, this speaks, this speaks to the um, authority that we have to make Rosh Chodesh whenever we want based on considerations other than when we see the moon, as we will see, which is a Chiddush indeed. So we go like this. But if you were to say that sometimes it's 29, sometimes it's 30 days, why would you have to be Michal Shabbos? Make other full today and be Mekadosh tomorrow. In other words, push off Kiddush HaKadosh a day for the sake of not being Michal Shabbos. So again, massive Kiddush that you could do that. I mean, didn't you see the moon? Well, you can pretend that you didn't see the moon, nothing to see here, and and uh, and actually be Mekadosh the next day, and then you won't run into Shabbos issues. However, the Gemara says, The Gemara is going to say that, no, this Ikida Ami they don't like, because there's even a scenario where if you have to push off to the next day, or if, even if you have 29 versus 30 days, there could be a scenario where you get stuck. What's that scenario? Well, the scenario is when... <clears throat> you didn't see the moon on the 29th day. So once you didn't see the moon on the 29th day, then the, 29th, then the 30th day becomes the same as a 29th day when you have no choice but to be Mekadosh only after 29 days every time. In other words, at that point, you're already stuck. That's what the Gemara says. The Ikla Yom Shalom Shim B'Shabbos, right? If the 30th day ends up being Shabbos, the Ikla Yom Shalom B'Shabbos. He said, the case that you said is when the 30th day is on Shabbos. So when the 30th day on Shabbos, you could push it off and say, let's, let's uh, switch it tomorrow. But what if, what if the 31st day is on Shabbos? So now all you did was push everything back by one day. And now when you did not see the moon on the 29th, the 30th becomes the same, right? The, the conundrum as you would have had a, 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 if you could only do the 29th. You're only, you only have that one option anymore. The mitzvah l'kadosh al That's what Rashi's explaining that that ikad the army doesn't work quite as well, and therefore they prefer the first lashon where the chilul makes more sense. Right when you actually have right um, when you actually have to send them in order to be mikdash the the uh, the chodesh. Now again, <clears throat> what I'm trying to point out is that the two different approaches really reflect two different approaches to Kiddush HaChodesh. According to the first Lashon, then you really need to prioritize figuring out, right, whether it's Rosh Chodesh or not, right? There's some sort of reality out there that we want the Adam to find out. We're even going to be Mechal Shabbos in order to find that out. Whereas the second one is talking more pragmatically. Do we have the opportunity to decide which day is Rosh Chodesh or are we up against the wall? Those are two different ways of looking at it. Uh, and, and so it's a fascinating 
uh, insight into this Gemara. So now we're eight lines up um, from the wide lines, and we say it like this: Masiv Rav Kahana. So again, Rav Kahana challenged all of this from the Mishnah that we're learning tomorrow. This is what we said before: when the base of Mikdash right was in existence, Bezat Hashem should be rebuilt soon. They would be bechal on all the months, which is to say, we or we could say because you have to be mekadesh lechodesh, right? That that is that is the uh, that is what the Torah says. It's a mitzvah lekadesh alariyah. Anyways, so they would be mekadesh alariyah every month. The way that he's saying now is takanas hakorban, which is to say the korban of Rosh In other words, you need to know what day it is, right? You need to know what day it is already by Rosh Chodesh because you need to know. The Musaf Korbanas of Rosh Chodesh, are we bringing them today or not? You can't just mess around and do it like on a random day and hope it's the right day. You have to figure it out every month. Oh. So, you say it's interesting. Since the reason that that Mishnah brings is not because of the Mitzvah, it also would seem that the reason why we're Makadish. And at the peril of Chil Shabbos in Nisan and Tishrei, is also not because we have a mitzvah of the So says the Rav Kahana in this in this statement. <coughs> Excuse me. This whole idea would make sense if you're going to say what every time it says it means this only makes sense if you really need to find out when Rosh Chodesh is. That it can possibly be 29th, possibly 30th, and you, and the sending out of the Adam is not just a formality. But it's like a real investigation as to when Rosh Chodesh is. If that's the case, then you're going to be Mechal Shabbos, says the Gemara. Mishim Hachi Mechalalinon. That's why we're going to be Mechalal. Or not Mechalal on purpose, but we're going to, right, we're going to send them out regardless of what day it is, even if it's Shabbos, because we really, all of Klal Yisrael needs to know. In order to get off the ground, we need to know what day it is. Eliyam is Lolom Chaser, but again, another Raya, that other is always Chaser. If you're going to say the other is always 29 days, in other words, we already knocked out this idea of mitzvah l'kadosh which is to say, we really have to know when Rosh Chodesh is. And that Mishnah that we're going to learn tomorrow actually is, drives home the point that the reason why we're sending out these shlichim is, uh, you know, to, or the reason why, not sending out, but the reason why we're allowing Adim to come on Shabbos and possibly Mechal Shabbos. What's the Chil Shabbos involved, by the way? Tchum issues, um, things like that, right? So, again, the reason why we're going to allow Adim to come from wherever it is that they're coming from on Shabbos is because we are going, because we really need to know what month it is. That applies to any month. And that would only be the case if, in fact, we did not have a set day for Adar, but we actually were in calendrical doubt on which day is Rosh Chodesh Nisan, just like any other Rosh Chodesh. It is only in that context that we would be Mechal Shabbos for those months. And since we're willing to be Mechal Shabbos by accepting the Edim for the month of Nisan, it must be that Adar sometimes has 29 and sometimes 30 days. We are in a calendrical doubt, and so we are going to allow the Edim to come. Wow. Last in line. The Gemara is going to recite an incident. We're going to be off of other now. We're going to be up to Elul, as follows. Kiasa Ula. Ula came, Birnbaum likes to point out, a lot of going back from Bavel to Eretz Yisrael here. Very interesting the way the different lands 
associated with each other with regards to this man. It all comes to the head on Amad Beis. Hopefully we'll get there. Amar Abruala Elul. When Ula came to Babel from Eretz Yisrael, he says, hey, in Eretz Yisrael they made Elul a full month this year. Amar Ula, and he continued to say, Yadei Chavrin Bavloi. Should know my Babylonian friends. My Tivusa of Dinah Badayu. You don't even know what kind of favor I did for you. I did such a huge favor for you by being the the the, the Jews of Israel did a massive favor to the Jews of Babel by making Elul Malay. How so? My Tivusa. What was the favor? Ula Amar Mishum Because now you have crispy veggies. What? Rashi. Lahafrit Shabbos Viyantiv Zemizeh. Kadei Shelo Yichmusha Yerakos. In other words, the effect that particular year that making Elul Male, the effect that it had was separating Shabbos from Yontem. <coughs> Excuse me, giving a day in between like we had this past year where every day was Erev Shabbos or Erev Yontem. And by doing so, you didn't have to have a two-day Yontem, what we call, right, so to speak, or a three-day Yontem. And therefore, right, what's the deal? You can't pick veggies on Shabbos or Yontem, obviously. So... It enabled the veggies to be fresh because you picked veggies on Erev Shabbos, then you had a day off, then you picked veggies on Erev Yontiv, and all the veggies were crisp, and the salads were delish, all Shabbos and all Yontiv long. It was the best. That was the reason that Ula said. Rav Acha Bar said the favor was a different thing. It had nothing to do with crispy veggies. It had to do with the Chesu Shalemes, that the corpses of anybody who passed away on, let's say, Shabbos, didn't have to last over a 48 or longer, hour period or longer. They were able to bury them, right, in the interim day, and therefore it was a bigger cover to mace. What's the practical difference between crispy veggies and corpses? Now, I would have said that if the concern is corpses, so then what you're saying is there's a cover to Brias issue here, that we would have normally said, you know what? This, let's say it would be a chaser. It sounds like they did it deliberately. They made it malay, even though it wasn't malay, and they did it deliberately to manipulate the calendar so it'd be a day in between for Kavad Abrius. Kavad Abrius, I can understand. That is like a chesed shal emes. That's a real consideration that I could see why you would push off the day. But crispy veggies, like, so as the Gemara is soon going to say, so make a stir fry, make a soup, like, you'll survive. The, the, the crispy veggie shot makes it sound like Ula doesn't care about the calendar at all. It's, it's not exactly how I'm saying it. What I'm saying is that we are given so much power, according to Ula, to manipulate the calendar that we don't even have to worry about uh, any consideration at all to, to move the day is within our authority to do so, is the point, right? That we're not really that concerned about what is, quote-unquote, really astronomically Rosh Chodesh. We're only concerned with what is convenient for Klal Yisrael. That's how much authority we have to set the date. Right, okay, so that, that's just me talking. That's not what the Gemara says in Nafkamina. The Gemara gets a little more technical as follows. Might be nine. Let's say, let's say Yom Kippur falls out on Sunday, which we never do for the following reason. By the way, this is what we do today, right? We know Lo Adu Rosh. This is going to get to that, right? The Rosh Hashanah never falls out on Sunday, Wednesday, or Friday. Well, that's because the fix is already in, Andrew. We already made the calendar such that in order to convenience itself, and we have the authority to do so, as we've seen in this Gemara. But anyways, so let's say, you have, let's say Yom Kippur did fall out on Sunday. So you have two 
shitas here, right? One is we are making, we are adding a day in order to avoid um, having the corpses lay there for longer. And the other one is in order to have crispier veggies. So le'emas ka When does the person need the veggies? Le'orsa. At night. So le'orsa tarach So at night, go get the veggies. In other words, what would be the halachic nafkamina? The halachic nafkamina is like this. If Yom Kippur is on Sunday, so you don't have the veggie issue at all. And therefore, for that reason, we would not have pushed off the day. Why? Do you not have the veggie issue? Because again, on Shabbos, you'll have crispy veggies because you pick those veggies on Arab Shabbos. And on Sunday, which is Yom Kippur, you're not eating. You don't need the crispy veggies. Ah, you need it for your bagels, lox, and schmear, and onions, and lettuce, and tomato on breaking the fast. Motsi Yom Kippur. So says the Gemara. So go get it. Pick the veggies on Motsi Yom Kippur. It'll be even fresher. You don't need this takana. Whereas if you hold that the issue is burying the mace, so then it would still uh, apply to that case of when Yom Kippur falls out on Sunday. The, the Gemara rejects that. and says, Yeah, but the thing is, just because Ula likes his veggies crispy doesn't mean that he doesn't care about corpses either, right? In other words, he really have to, has to be concerned for that as well, which means to say that he's not going to say, oh, you know what? Let Yom Kippur fall out on Sunday. I don't really care about the corpses. I only care about the crispy veggies. He would never say that, right? He's, he's aware of both considerations. So therefore, it can't be because of a Yom Kippur falling out on Sunday that that's the nafkamina. Rather, what? The case would be not uh, Yom Kippur, but a yontav where you're actually eating them both. Ah. So once you're eating on both, then both Ula, who cares about crispy veggies, right, and the um, and Rabbi Achab or Hanina, who cares about the mace, they're both going to be worried about this. Bein mil fanea, bein mil right? As long as you have a three-day, what we call a three-day, or what in Eretz would be a two-day yantiv, then as long as bein mil fanea, bein mil acharea, mandav me'abrinan, right? So if you want crispy veggies, you're concerned because you can't pick it on Shabbos or on yantiv, the veggies. So you need to have it, right, separated. Mandav mishum yisaya, efshir Now there, there's an afkamina because the truth of the matter is that if you have a yuntiv that falls out after Shabbos, any yuntiv that falls out on Sunday, you're not going to need to have the takana if your concern is like Ravacha Barchanina is the corpses because on Sunday, the halacha is you can actually ask a non-Jew to bury your, your dead on yuntiv and therefore um, you would not have this consideration so you wouldn't have to do it and there would be the nafkamina. I says Gemara, Wait a minute. Just like we said for Ula, he cares about crispy veggies, he certainly must care about the mace also. Well, could you say the opposite is true as well, that, he, that Rav Acha Bar Hanina cares about the mace? Does he, also, does he not also care about crispy veggies? And therefore, he also would um, try to avoid Yantav ever falling out on Sunday? So the Gemara, not exactly. Because, as we said before, Efshar Bechamimi. You can, so Rashi says, Chamimi means you can sort of like revitalize these veggies by putting them in hot water. Or, like I would say, you can make chamimi, cham, right? You can make a stir fry. You can make a, a, a soup. Like, there's other ways to consume the veggies that are actually delicious. Gikochte. It's a whole joke that I don't have time for now that my grandmother, uh, Leah Shalom, said. Anyway, right? You can, you can cook the veggies. You can do whatever you can with the veggies. And therefore, Rabbi Achav Rachanina seems more um, relatable on this, right? He's concerned about the, the corpses of, of, uh, of Klal Yisrael He's not as concerned about the crispiness of the veggies. He's willing to not be mechalel. Uh, he's willing to not play around 
with this calendar just for that sake. Okay. So the Gemara. So Yachi, Maishnaladi done. Well, why is this? Whether you're going to say it's for the for the reason of Ula or the Rav Achab why is this limited to Bavel? Like this does this benefit should benefit the people of Eretz Yisrael just as just the same, right? Yachi, Maishnaladi done. Why did Ula say? That, oh, guys, we really hooked you up here in Bavel. I feel you do not me. They hooked themselves up in Eretz Israel by separating Shabbos and Yantav. Gemara answers, Yeah, they hooked up the people in Bavel because Bavel is way hotter and way more humid and way more oppressively hot than Israel. Can you imagine? <laughs> I thought Beit Shemesh was pretty hot. No, it's nothing. You don't know what hot is. It's nothing compared to Bavel. According to, in Eretz Yisrael, it's not as hot. Meaning, this idea of rotting corpses and rotting veggies is actually much more of an issue in Bavel. And it is for that reason that it was a, it was a bigger favor to the people of Bavel than it was to the people in Eretz Yisrael. And that explains why Ula used that Lushen of we really hooked you guys up in Bavel. Fine. So now, nine lines down in the wide, we are going to uh, question the entire premise over here that you can actually be mechalel and change the, change the calendar just for these kinds of personal needs. As the Gemara says, Aini, is that really so that you could do that? Says Rashi, second wide line, we're just going to willy-nilly decide when Rosh Chodesh is because we want crispy veggies? Are you for real, man? We have a b'risa from Rabbi Bar Shmuel, Yachol Keshem Right, just like we are me'aber the shana. Well, that is taken as a given. That to add on a month to a year, do you ever think about that? Say, so look at the second line, the end of the second line, Rashi here. Right, if you learn Sanhedrin, we'll get to it, and Yudalafamidbez, you see, it's taken as a given that we can add a month. Now, we never really thought about that. We, take, we, we just talk, started off the Gemara talking about Adar Shani. Well, that was yesterday's daf, and we never questioned it. But you could have said, the Torah says that you should be Mekash to Chodesh. The Torah doesn't tell you to, make, to add a Chodesh. Well, maybe that's like Asr. Like maybe Rosh Hashanah is the wrong day because like we just added a, a month like without even thinking about it, and now everything is off. Well, we know that there's an inherent discrepancy between a lunar and a solar calendar. And we know, we take it as a given that adding a month is, is cool because the priority is to keep the seasons consistent with the Yom Tovim. So, already from that, Andrew, you should have understood. And I'm sure you did, but you just didn't say it. Already at that point, you should have understood that we have more control over the calendar than one might think. We're not at the, uh, we're, we're not, right, beholden, uh, to, to the celestial beings as we might have thought. We're really the ones in the, in the driver's seat when it comes to these dates. Anyway, so adding a month, adding a month is certainly taken as a given. That's okay. So just like you could add a month, so certainly you could add a day to the month. The Torah therefore tells you not so fast. That no, that even though you can add a month with impunity, not even think about it, and manipulate the calendar that way, and nobody would say boo, when it comes to Rosh Chodesh, you really need to pay some attention to the moon, okay? Which is a kasha, right? Because what that means is that when the moon is, matters. 
and when Rosh Chodesh is matters, and therefore you have, and therefore you can't just decide that you want crispy veggies, so you're going to make Rosh Chodesh a different day. In the same way that you would, let's decide that you that Yantiv has to fall out at the right season this year, so we're going to add another month. So is that so? That sounds like it's a kasha um, challenging the entire concept of adding a date to the month. So I'm a rabba lo kasha kan abro, right? Kan kacho. In the case of Ula, talking about when the month when the month was deficient to make it add a day is okay. That's easy. That's what Abro means. Lakacho means that when it's a 30-day month and there's no moon that you've seen yet, you're telling the Adim, come, say that you saw a moon. Testify. So we can have a, right, you can have an, uh, uh, only a 29-day month. That's already flat-out lying, isn't it? That's like literally just bold-faced lying, saying you saw something that you didn't see. To, to say, to, to, um, to have plausible deniability and say like, oh, I didn't see it. That is not a bold-faced lie, but we'll see. We're going to figure out which way is the bigger lie, the lie or the cover-up. But right now, Rav is saying that this is what this means. That what it's saying is, This is what the Bryce is saying. You might have thought that just like you can, let's see, he, see what he's doing here. He's grouping the Eber of a Shana and adding of a month to the Eber of a Chodesh and the adding of a day. That that's always cool. But to add a day or add a month, that's always allowed. That we have total authority to do. Right? Just like Me'aber, the year, and the Chodesh, L'Tzorech, you could do that. Kach Me'kachin, it's a Chodesh L'Tzorech. So too, you can be Kaddish, the month, L'Tzorech. Tabadomar, Chodesh is Elechem. However, the Kiddush HaChodesh, which means to prematurely declare the month, Rosh Chodesh, that you cannot do, because that's what the Torah tells you with HaChodesh Elechem, Kazeh Eva Kadesh. That that, you need to really see something in order to say something, in order to say that it's Rosh Chodesh. You can't just go and say, I saw the moon, and therefore make Rosh Chodesh early. Wow. Now, that is, we're going to try to support that. So, this is where it gets weird. We intimidate the witnesses, said Rabbi Shubin Levi. We're going to intimidate them to say that, hey, as Rashi explains, Adam are coming. They all saw it on the 29th, right? They all saw that it was a chaser. They show up in Bezdin, but the problem is if it was a chaser, you're going to have soggy veggies. And we're, we can't stand for that. So we literally intimidate them saying, be quiet. Hush money, Andrew. We tell them to keep it quiet and don't declare it until tomorrow. Whoa. That we will do. However, Rashi explains, but we, the, the, con, the converse we would never do. We would never intimidate them. Say that you saw it if you didn't see it. Because that's a crazy, that's already crazy talk. You're going to tell, you're going to intimidate an aide to say something you didn't see? Why are you bringing aid and all together if all you're going to do is tell them what to say and you're going to pay off witnesses like you're the mafia? So, <clears throat> so the Gemara says, Aini, is that really true? That we're only going to intimidate them to extend? This is not Rabbi Yudah Nasi, because we're talking about a Marim here. That, Havu Yodin Shekhal Yamav Shel Rabbi Yochanan, we knew that all the days, all the years that Rabbi Yochanan was in charge of Eretz Yisrael, Hayam Alam Deinu, he would teach us always this in Shir. Me'ayimin al-Eidon al-Chodesh Shelo Nir, Bizman al-Kacho, Af al-Pi Shelo Ra'u, Yomru He says, we intimidate them over a moon that was not seen in order to make the month on the 30th, even though they didn't see the moon. We do intimidate them, said Rabbi Yochanan, to say that we saw it. Whoa! 
We do? Ad kach? So says Abai, Amar Abai, Lo kasher, Habba Nisan B'Tishrei, Habba B'Shari Yeah. Rabbi Yochanan is talking about the once of Nisan Tishrei where there's really a lot at stake. Well, you need to know where the Yom Tovim are and you need to line up the Yom Tovim with Shabbos, etc. Yes, we will intimidate them even to say that they saw something that they didn't see. Whoa. So Rava Amar, wait a minute, there's another possible answer. Hadatani Rabbi Bar Shmuel. Look at Rabbi Shmuel's time, um, Brisa. Acherim he. This is accordance with the view of Acherim, right? Um, and so he's saying, what's the sheet of Acherim? As follows. Ein bein latzeres latzeres. There's no difference between the Shavuos of one year and the previous year. Ve'in bein Rosh Hashanah Rosh Hashanah. And Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah. Ela arba yamim bilvad. What was this Brisa? Well, Acherim said in the Brisa the following. If you take... Um, a typical year, it'll have 12 months, and it'll have t- six of the 12 will have 29 days, six, and six of the 12 will have 30 days. Now, 28 days is divisible by seven, which means that's four weeks. Oh. So if you, take, uh, if you take the additional day of the 29 and the 30, and you add them all up over the course of the year, it adds up to 18 extra days on top of the four weeks, right, per month. 18 extra days is divisible by, you have, four we- you have two weeks, right, 14 days, two weeks, Remainder four. You have four. So that every year, if you took a typical year where half the months were 30 days, half the months were 29 days, you'd be left with four extra days beyond the week. And it would, you go year after year after year. And therefore, every holiday, let's say Rosh Hashanah, if it was on Sunday one year, it'd be on Thursday the next year, you know that guaranteed because it's already set. So that's what this Bryce is saying. The Bryce is saying that a cher, the sheet of a cherim was that it was always already set. The fix was already in, which means that you could guarantee that whichever day Rosh Hashanah was, let's say this year, you'll always know what it was next year, which means that it's not like we're standing every month and trying to figure out, is this a mali or, or is chaser? It's the fix is in. You could guarantee already by the end of the day what the outcome is going to be, okay? Uh, that'll be arba yomim v'lad v'yimais ha-shonim u'beres chamisha yomim, because that makes sense also, because if it was a shonim u'beres, we know that the, the extra month is always going to be 29 days, which is one more day than 28, which means it's going to be, instead of four-day difference, a five-day difference. Fine. So now three lines up from the bottom, on Chaf, Amad Aleph, in the hopeless time of 6.11 a.m. So the following view. Rav Dimi Masni Ipcha. Rav Dimi from Naharda saw it exactly the opposite way. He had a fascinating uh, approach to this. He held that we only intimidate the Adim to say that they saw something they didn't see. We would never be intimidating them to be me'aber l'chodesh, to, say, to, to, to keep them quiet about a, a moon that they did see. My time, I asked them, what will be the reason as we arrive at Chofam Beis? Hi, mechzik shikra, hi, lo, mechzik shikra. Rashi, the first Rashi in Chofam Beis explains, what's worse lie, Andrew, the lie or the cover-up? The answer is, the cover-up is worse. Why? Because if you were, right, plausible deniability. If, if Andrew were to show up and say, hey, I saw the moon, because he got paid off, so to speak. So then people would say, you know what? I didn't see the moon, but how do I know? Andrew's always the guy at Kiddush Levana who, like, spots it when no one else can. He finds the angle, and he's like, he's like a, it's like a magnet for him. He's the only guy who sees the moon on Motzei Shabbos uh, when it comes to Kiddush Levana. So maybe he did see it. How do I know? So then you can't call him out on a lie. It's how it looks. It's the optics, right? 
because we're lying anyway, so to speak, right? We're, we're, we're manipulating the calendar, but we need to have plausible deniability. When, you, when the entire nation of Israel saw the moon on, and knows that it's a chaser, and, and then we hear, we hear later that it was not Mekudosh and it was postponed, we know the fix is in. That looks like the lie because the cover-up is worse than the lie because you know there's foul play. That we cannot do. That's, you know... Uh, now, of course, you could always ask this question like, once you learn this Gemara, so then you know the fix is in anyway, how does Marasayan play in, right? We're dealing, like, you know, we, we're getting inside baseball over here now. We know, we know how the sauce is made. But be that as it may, it was not, it's, it's, it's the optics where you cannot have this plausible deniability when you saw, the whole nation saw in front of their eyes a, a moon that is an issue. Fine, fine. So now we arrive at a statement of Shmuel. Amar Shmuel, yachlin tukun elakul agola. He makes a, quite, a, quite a statement. I am the man when it comes to, I am the calendar guy. I could have prepared, established a calendar for the entire Gullahs forever. Really? Really? Do you know what's written in Soda Ibor? Now, this is fascinating. What is this Sod? Now we're getting into Pshat Remez Josh and Sod here. We're getting into the depth. Not exactly. It was a Sod that was later published. In fact, the Rambam and other works publish it entirely. It had to do with the Ibur and it had to do with the movements of astronomy. And it was a sod simply because it wasn't something that was widely disseminated. It was something that was really kept for the Yechidim. But be that as it may, Shmuel, Abba Avod the Rabbi Simlai is challenging Shmuel here, saying, do you really know the Soda Ibur? How about this? Let me ask you this. Nolad kodem chatzos or nolad chatzos. Do you know what this hawk is with the moon being molad before or after chatzos? He asks him. So Amalei, so Shmuel replies, Lo, I, I don't know that, that sugya. So Amalei, So yeah, you just told me that you know theoretical math. And I just ask you, do you have you heard of E? Can you explain to me E equals MC squared? And you said E equals MC what? So guess what? You are not going to be hired as the professor uh, in our university to teach us this math because I just asked you one of like the fundamentals and you're not familiar with it. So don't be so quick to say that you're the man when it comes to this calendar. Okay. Well, now the Gemara is going to ask, what is this brisa of the molad? Now, did you ever hear the molad, um, the molad announced? So I'm going to read through this Gemara and I'm going to tell you ahead of time, Rashi, this is why Rabari Leibowitz the great Afyomi master himself, when he taught this Gemara, he said, I don't understand, I can't pretend to understand any of it. This is why you have, for the first time since we started in Brachos, you'll have a page of the art scroll here where there isn't even the gray bar on the side because it takes pages and pages of art scroll to explain what's going on. This is why Rashi, you will never make heads or tails out of the Gemara if you go with Rashi. And this is why there's an appendix in the back saying the Gemara according to a totally different shita, and it is according to that shita that the Chazon Ish made himself famous and a lot is going on here because the Chazon Ish wrote a Kuntras Shmonas Rishos. I don't know if you know this. This is all very uh, raw for me because this is why I couldn't go to Hawaii to take the boards, you understand? This, this all maybe. <laughs> the point is like this. Kuntras Shmonas Rishos put Ruch kind of on the map, just like 
the Kuntras uh, about the Chashmal put the Shlomo Zalman, that's all on the map. It's, it's an unbelievable idea. The whole thing hinges on is the Gemara that I'm about to teach you talking about international dateline or not. The Shita of Reb Zechariah Levi, otherwise known as the Baal Hamor, okay, is the Shita that goes according to the idea that this Gemara is talking, in fact, about the concept of the international dateline. What do I mean? Well, let me ask you this. First of all, what's the name of your friend from San Diego who's now the Rav of the Shul in Toronto, the Bayit? Karab? Karabkin, right. He wrote a beautiful parish on the Kuzari. The Kuzari also addresses this. And in the back, he too has an appendix. I have actually had the, the pleasure of discussing this very Gemara with Rav Karabkin in Toronto when I visited. I went right up to him because I, I was deep in this sugya. I'll read through the Gemara and then we'll, say, and then we'll see how much we can explain it. We're, we're, we're getting deep into the Soda Ibor now, Andrew. You ready? Okay. Kisalik Rebzeira, seven lines down, Chafan Beis. Rebzeira goes to Eretz Yisrael, Shalach Lahu, and he sent the following two statements to his colleagues. It's necessary, I'm not even going to bother explaining Rashi, I'm going to go straight Balamor here. You need, he made the following couple of statements, that you need a night and the following day to be part of the month. Okay. Vizusha Amar Abba Avur, the Rabbi Simlai, Right, this is already the, how he challenged Shmuel, as, you, as you'll understand. Mechashvin es toladato, that we can, can calculate where the molad is. If, if you see it before chatzos, the molad, or if the molad, rather, not you see it, but if the molad is before chatzos, then you know that it's samach l'shkia sachama, okay, lo nolad kodem chatzos, if the mola does not take place before chatzos, then you know that it's not sachama. What does it make a difference whether the whether it's sachama? Asks the Gemara. Because by calculating that, you can in fact um, interrogate witnesses and know right whether you can refute them or not. So what is actually going on? So I'll tell you what's going on according to the Balamor. The Balamor describes it, and he is, um, uh, typically, he gives, he's a genius. I mean, they're all geniuses, but Balamor usually used to give unique, creative shot, and here is where he really takes the cake, as follows. First of all, we always announce the molad. Hey, do you know what the molad is? Okay, unlike Kiddush HaChodesh, which you have to see the moon, the molad is an astronomical event. It's an astronomical reality that has nothing to do with where you're standing in, on Earth. It's a, it's a celestial sphere where the moon is between the sun and the earth. At that point, that point in time where the moon is between the sun and the earth, that's called the molad. When we're announcing when the molad is, we're saying the moon is between the sun and the earth, which means it's a newborn moon. You cannot see the moon when it's between the sun and the earth because the only way you see the moon is based off of the reflection of the sun off the moon. Well, guess what? When the moon is between the sun and the earth, you can't see said reflection. Therefore, that is astronomically the molad. What does it have to do with Shkia? As follows. According to the Balamor, okay? And this is the, really the question. What is the Kuzari? This is why Karamkin gets involved. Let, let me ask you this. The days of creation, right? The very first Mishnah of Rosh Hashanah. The sun... So, okay. So let's say... Uh, we know Adam Marishan was born on Erev Shabbos. Well, as Shkia arrived on Erev Shabbos, Adam was where? He was in Gan Eden. Where is Gan Eden? It's in the Middle East. Well, guess what? What... Had there been people in China, in other words, was, was Hashem, so to speak, already keeping Shabbos? Today, Andrew, 
Shabbos in Israel starts six hours after Shabbos in Shanghai. So what does that mean? That Hashem was already keeping Shabbos for six hours when other Marishon got Shabbos? Because Shabbos had already started six hours earlier in Shanghai? It's literally the question posed to the Kuzari. In the Kuzari. And, and he has to give an answer. He has to say, ah, well, the world maybe kept Shabbos, but nobody was there to keep it. And until other Marishon, until there was somebody to keep it. But you understand the, how fascinating this question is? Ah. So the Balamor puts it all together and he says the following. He says that really, and this is where the sheet of the Chazanish, this is why it's called Kuntras Shmanasar Shos. Where does 18 arrows come from? Well, the Naval Observatory, nobody cares about where that was, except until 1914 when Titanic sank, literally. I know it sounds like I'm getting off track, like the Titanic, but I'm not. It was because until then, there was no such thing as time zones. Okay? There's no such thing, at, rather, there was time zones, but not an international dateline. There's no such thing as an international dateline. If you go all the way around the Earth, right, so then the way the sun rises and sets will determine what time it is, perhaps. But it's not going to determine what day it is. How do you know what day it is? Because there is a point, there has to be, by definition, a point in the Earth where it's the same exact time, but if you go on, if you, but one foot is in Tuesday, and the other foot is in Wednesday. Somewhere along the earth, the only way that the calendar will work is if you have such a line. That's what's called the international dateline. Well, the best place to put said dateline is in the middle of absolute nowhere. Because if it's in the middle of the Pacific Ocean where there's no inhabitation, then you won't have a place where nobody knows what day it is. Oh. However, the problem came to a head in 1945. The Mir Yeshiva was in Kobe, Japan, off the coast of Shanghai, and they did not know which day was Yom Kippur because, remember, they didn't know if the line is, as the Chazonish says, at the edge of civilization, as this Gemara, it's based on this Gemara. This Gemara assumes, according to the Baal Amor, mind you, that the discussion of when the Molot is relative to when Shkia is, is a discussion about, what does it mean? It's teaching you three things, according to the Baal Amor. It's teaching you that there, is, there needs to be a 24-hour period where you cannot, there is a 24-hour period where you cannot see the moon at all. That's what the Gemara, according to Balmor, means when it says that, that, oh. and therefore, it needs to be when you are, when, when you are declaring Rosh Chodesh, there needs to be a moon that's visible somewhere in the globe. And if the moon was not visible in Yerushalayim, and that's really Chazanish of Tukachinsky. All the Shitas say, right, the Umasa Olam regard the international dateline as being 180 degrees from the Naval Observatory in England. Well, the Torah must have an opinion about what day it is. That's the first Chiddush. Second Chiddush is, it must not care about the Naval Observatory in England. What is the Tavor Haaretz? What is the central point? Yerushalayim. Oh. So, and that is articulated in our Gemara. If a central point is Yerushalayim, then it's just a question of how many degrees off of Yerushalayim is the international dateline. Well, our Gemara clearly says that it relates it somehow to Shkia, right? So it says the Molod, which is an astronomical event, right? If it can't be before or after Chatzos. What does Chatzos have to do with anything? Well, Chatzos is six hours off of Shkia. Chatzos is six hours before Shkia. It's Chatzos Hayom, right? Oh. So it says like this. If it is, if you see it before Chatzos, that means that it must be a 24-hour period where you can see the moon somewhere on the earth. Because after all, 
this is based on the Chazonish, based off of the Balamor. The Balamor is saying it's talking about an international dateline, which is to say that Yerushalayim is 90 degrees off of where the international dateline is. Where is the international dateline, says the Balamor, says the Chazonish? It is at the edge of the mainland China. That is the edge of civilization. They are the very first to get the sun. Six hours later, right, six hours to the west of that, uh, Yerushalayim gets the sun. 18 hours after that, it's going to go all the way west around the world and meet right back up with the edge of mainland China, and that's going to be the completion of a 24-hour day. And so I'll leave you with this. Based off of that, okay, it, that Chazonish said that that must be, based off of this Gemara, where the international dateline is, at the edge of mainland China, which means that Kobe, Japan, is off the mainland China. So even though 20 miles, let's say, to the west, it's going to be, let's say, Yom Kippur on Wednesday, the fact of the matter is, is Kobe, Japan, the first to get the sun in the earth? Or are they the very last to get the sun? Um, because the line is drawn to the west of them. Well, if they're the last to get the sun, that's what the Chazonish said. That day, which all the residents of Kobe, Japan, think is Yom Kippur, you should eat. He postponed the Yom Kippur to Thursday. And so as half of the people in, Chang- in, in Kobe, Japan, were coming out to say Kiddush Levana, Motsu Yom Kippur, the Mir Yeshiva was coming in to say Kol Nidre, on that fateful day, 1945, in Kobe, Japan, on Yom Kippur, and it is there where the international dateline begins. Everybody have a good Shabbos.